Welcome back to another episode of the Outlaw Country Podcast. Today we're joined uh, by Shelby Lee Lowe. So thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you all for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Well, Shelby, I know you're a big football guy, so I was kind of wondering who, who's your college football team that you root for? Man, I know you guys are Cornhuskers, so yeah, um, you guys are going to give me give me some grief from the 90s, but um, I guess uh, – I guess back in the heyday, I was a Tennessee Volunteer fan. I still am, even though I didn't go to go to UT. I um, that's just the D one school that everybody in Tennessee normally roots for, either them or Alabama. And um, I just I just can't do it, so I, I still root for the Tennessee Vols. All right, well, it was great having you on, man. Yeah, they got a. They're kind of like Nebraska, you know. We we were a lot better back in the late nineties. But we still have one of the best uh, fan bases in all of football, no doubt. Um, so, I know Cole – or Cole, go ahead. I was going to say, so, um, growing up, we know you played football quite a bit. Uh, was there any, like, specific position that you played? Well, when I, when I first started out playing was in middle school, and um, – Keep in mind, I'm from a very, very small school called Cornersville, and um, it's grown a lot over the years, but my seventh grade year playing football, there was only 13 players. So uh, I did a lot of playing early on. So I played defensive end a lot and um, pretty much every position on the offensive line and fullback. So I got a taste of a little bit of everything early on. But uh, as as I grew up, I played a lot of middle linebacker and tight end, and those were my two uh, two favorite positions. Man, I'm a, I'm a sucker for playing linebacker and um, big big fan of the tight end position. A lot of a lot of good talented folks playing nowadays. I think you hit on a lot of the positions that Ben and I played too. I say I played offensive line and uh, DN all throughout uh, grade school and high school, and then he was. Uh, fullback and middle linebacker, so <laughs> that works out. Right on. Were you more yeah. offensive or defensive? Well, I started. I started at tight end. My sophomore year, my freshman year, believe it or not, I probably weighed 140 pounds soaking wet, but I somehow started at nose tackle. I was a defensive tackle my freshman year. And as I got bigger, somehow I got moved to middle linebacker. But I really couldn't pick a favorite because um, I think middle linebacker is probably one of the funnest positions in football. Hell, yeah. But I really did. Man, there's something about playing tight end. I I loved blocking, getting my nose in there, blocking people, and getting the ball every now and then and and trying to run with it was was a cool experience. So I I couldn't pick one. I was both. Did you have any dreams of going on playing college ball? I did actually. I um, you know, I was, I was too slow and uh, too small to really make any big, big waves in in, in college football. I know the but thing. um, yeah, yeah, you know. It, but I had some um, 
I had some meetings my senior year with some smaller NAIA schools. Mm-hmm. You know, here in the southeast, there's a lot of a lot of smaller um, Christian universities and uh, little independent schools that that do football. There's no junior college, unfortunately. I, I think I probably would have played JUCO if I could have. But I, I had some meetings with some some smaller schools. Had a couple of scholarship offers. But uh, even with a scholarship offer, some of those private colleges were just outrageous. And I, I decided I didn't want to spend a fortune going debt for the rest of my life just so I yeah. can say play football, you know? Yeah. Well, I know you grew up about an hour from Nashville. What, when you would visit Nashville as a kid, was there like a certain place you'd love to go to? Well, I can remember my first trip ever to downtown Nashville – I was with my mom and my granny, and uh, it was in the daytime, and this was the late 90s, so it was kind of the, the start of the kind of the, the resurgence of downtown Nashville because downtown Nashville was pretty rough for a while, and it was a far cry from what y'all probably know today. But um, walking around downtown Nashville in the daylight, and we went into Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, which is a uh, – pretty iconic place yeah and uh, the guy in there singing no clue who he was but he saw a little kid in the crowd and uh, you know went won the crowd over big time got me up there to sing um a couple elvis presley songs and i wasn't a singer at the time didn't even i didn't want to i felt pressured but i got up there and i sang um hound dog elvis presley okay and uh, that's my first first time singing in Nashville. I think I was eight or nine years old singing the Elvis Presley tune. Damn, that's really cool. Yeah. Wasn't Tootsie's – wasn't that bar like one of the first bars uh, like Willie Nelson played in in Nashville or got discovered there in Nashville? Now, y'all have to fact check me in case I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he lived upstairs at Tootsie's Orchid Lounge for a little while. Um, I've read his one of his biographies, and he talks about Tootsie's. But uh, I think he wrote some hit songs at Tootsie's at one point. Okay. And um, so it's a it's a legendary, legendary spot. Yeah, I've never been to Nashville, but when, when I go, I want to. I definitely want to go to Tootsie's. That's on my list. That's a cool place, man. I um, when when there's not a pandemic, I I, I do pay some of my bills playing downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have played at Tootsie's, and there's also Legends Corner and the stage and Second Fiddle. Um, you need to check out Robert's Western World because that's that's the spot for traditional country music right there. And it, uh, okay. it's not as good as it gets. All right. So you mentioned um, doing, like, your first show at the age of eight. Was that kind of then – did that get you turned towards, like, uh, music a little bit more, or was that not until – uh, like later on, like high school and college time? Not at all. I didn't think twice about it. I um, I n- didn't have a musical bone in my body. Didn't really, didn't really think I could sing. Didn't really learn how to sing until later on. And, uh, you know, I tried singing karaoke a few times and, and, and I thought it sounded terrible. But um, some, somewhere later on down the road, my great uncle, who was a guitar player, and um, he never knew how to read or write, but he could play guitar. And he taught me Folsom Prison Blues on guitar. 
oh, when yeah. I was like 14 or 15. And uh, so that was my introduction to, to classic country there with, with him. And uh, kind of went on from there. You know, I started, I started just singing along to the radio, like songs like uh, Paint Me a Birmingham, Tracy Lawrence, stuff like that. And I got dared to sing at my high school talent show because a couple buddies had heard me sing before and thought I was pretty good. And I got pressured into singing in front of my entire high school. And uh, first time they'd ever heard me sing, everybody flipped out, went crazy. And um, my vice principal, I'll never forget, he said, Shelby, you are stupid if you don't pursue music because you got raw talent. And uh, coming from him, that meant a lot because I, I was pretty sure he didn't like me very much anyway. So to, <laughs> to have him to have him think, you know, I was pretty good. So, all right, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. So uh, we know you've done shows before um, for several, like, NASCAR races and then also at Sturgis. Uh, can you kind of tell us what it was like doing uh, shows at those events and um, kind of like what the – like the scene was like for it and how it's kind of different from like a typical show, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got to, um, I got to play a few years back at, uh, Bristol motor speedway, kind of their, um, pre-party for the races okay. on one of their big stages. And, um, you know, I grew up watching NASCAR. I was a big Earnhardt fan, Sterling Marlin fan because he's, he grew up right down the road from me. So it was it was cool to be back in that scene a little bit, and um, obviously NASCAR fans are rednecks, and they love country music, so they're my kind of people. So, you know, we played some old country. Whoops, sorry, I got a phone call. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, we we played some old country, we played some southern rock, and we had a damn good time, and uh, that was cool, but. The last two or three years, um, this year would have been my third year playing it. I've been going to uh, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rallies and playing music for uh, Jack Daniels, which is a, it's an honor because, you know, I, when you think of whiskey, Jack Daniels is royalty. And growing up in southern middle Tennessee, you know, Lynchburg was just an hour away from my house. So I've been a, I've been a Jack Daniels supporter since before I, it was legal for me to drink. So uh, I love, I love going to Sturgis. It's, it's a lot like NASCAR. You're going to play in front of a lot of good old rednecks and they yeah. love country music and they love Southern rock and um, they just appreciate a good time. So um, that's been a truly, truly cool experience for me. I was looking forward to playing this year was the 80th annual Sturgis rally. But, of course, with, you know, coronavirus going on, uh, I, it didn't work out where I could go up there and play this time. But, you know, at, fingers crossed, everything will be back to normal next year and I can go party in South Dakota and maybe stop at Bucks on the way back. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we would love to see you at Bucks. That's a cool place, man. Now, oh, last year was my time. first time playing it. Bucks a wild dude, too. And um, I didn't know what to expect. I a little story about my first trip to Bucks. So last year I played the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally for Jack. And um, basically when I'm, I'm playing music for them, I'm doing like a uh, pretty much every day of the week, I'm playing for six hours 
pretty much all day long with, with breaks here and there. And I had a guitar player buddy of mine, Dave Austin, out there with me. And um, he actually, freak accident, slips and breaks his wrist while we're out there playing. So long story short, I had to find a replacement. And luckily, there was a guy who was playing with a different band from Nashville. He filled in for me. Uh, Jordan Ripkin, shout out Jordan. But um, yeah, he did, he played with me while I was at Sturgis for the remainder of the time. But I, I left Sturgis, South Dakota. I had to drive straight to Omaha or Venice and play at Bucks. So I, uh, I loaded up my truck and drove all the way by myself to, uh, to Bucks Bar and Grill because Dave, my buddy, had to fly home and get surgery on his wrist. So I spent a lot of time driving to Bucks listening to Hayes Carl and Billy Joe Shaver and writing songs in my head. And um, actually one of the songs I started writing was my latest single, uh, Pews and Poles. So I wrote that on my way to Bucks. Oh, okay. And, uh, that was actually the the day that Mike and the Moon Pies dropped their um, cheap silver and, and solid country gold. Oh record. yeah, fantastic and, uh, album. Man, what a what a great record that was! But I will never forget the first time I heard it because I was um, I was driving driving into Omaha and uh, on my way to Bucks, and it's just fields of corn everywhere. And corn just never looked so beautiful, man. It was like the perfect scene. Yeah. It was, uh, I, had, I had a deeper appreciation for Nebraska, just driving through there, listening <laughs> to Mike and the Moon Pies. You know, it was, it was a good time. Well, I know it might, might have been after they dropped it or before, I can't remember, but shortly after, shortly before uh, Cheap Silver and Solid Country Gold came out, Mike and the Moon Pies played at Bucks. So you they were there two weeks after me, actually. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of pews and poles, how, where, where did you come up with that name for that song? Well, I, uh, I started writing the song because my little town of Cornersville, it's right off of interstate 65. And there's, it's, it's a lot like parts of Nebraska. There's a lot of rolling hills. There's a lot of corn, cows, and uh, farmland that's about that's about all there is and there's like a hundred churches because every small town in the south has at least a hundred churches but right off of the interstate there's the Tennessean truck stop which is one of my favorite places to go hang out and eat and then there's uh two strip clubs yeah so it just it, I don't know how it popped in my head it's one of those things you're driving down the road and it just you know I was listening to Hayes Carl or somebody and it just inspired me to write some off-the-wall wacky song about my hometown having 100 churches and two strip clubs and one red light, which is a true story. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that EP you dropped, the Joy Juice number two pack. Uh, yeah. I, I like Astro Van, I think, is a hell of a song. That's a really cool song. Uh, is Joy Juice, I, I was looking it up, so I was kind of curious what that was. Isn't that like a, is that a liquor store? Is what kept come come up when I was googling it. Yes, it actually it's a it's a real liquor store. It's it's called the Joy Juice. I guess there's a Joy Juice and then a Joy Juice Number Two. And uh, I was I was playing in East Texas a few years ago, and uh, another idea I had driving down the road. You drive by this little liquor store in the middle of nowhere, 
and it's called the joy juice number two. And it just stuck with me. And I, I put out my phone and I said, you know, write a song about joy juice number two. So fast forward to this last year, I get with some buddies of mine and it's like, you know, I got this wild idea about a liquor store. I've just been wanting to write. And, um, we just kind of came up with the storyline based on this really weird kind of creepy liquor store in yeah. uh, East Texas. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a really cool song. Cause, uh, you see like the devil lives in the Astro band and sometimes like in those small towns and stuff, there's big time drug problems that go on. And I think you're kind of shining a light on like real stuff that happens instead of like some of the stuff on radios, always just talking about how great small towns are and everything like that some kind of like what Tyler Childers does too with his his music kind of shows that maybe small towns there there are darker darker parts of it no doubt yeah absolutely Tyler Childers does it better than anybody I'd say <laughs> yeah we're big Tyler fans oh yeah um so uh who are some of the people that you've uh written different songs with or uh different songs for and like is there someone that's been like really memorable um in the uh, gear songwriting career yeah i got to um probably most recently um i've got i got to uh, go out on on the bus with uh, william michael morgan and write with him and uh start a start a cool song that was fun um probably the coolest probably the coolest song i ever got right with somebody that y'all would probably know off the top of your head, is uh, Aaron Tippin, who's a really cool guy. I wrote with him a few years ago, and um, we ended up writing a song called What Kind of Man Would I Be If I Didn't Raise a Better Man Than Me? So it was called Better Man Than Me. And um, okay. I, had, I, I had a good time writing with him. It was as – a, as a kid growing up, I remember seeing Kiss This on CMT, and um, – you know, like looking up to that guy, thinking how cool he was, you know, getting to, as an adult, getting to write songs with him was, uh, was pretty cool. So I write, I write a lot of songs with, um, my producer, Andrew Scott Wills. And I think I heard y'all talking on the podcast about, um, uh, uh, Tristan, um, uh, yeah. and, um, you know, he write he's written songs for him. Like hello, uh, not hello, darling, but darling. Oh yeah. And, uh, a few other songs and he's written songs with Jared Neiman and um, he's just a, he's a, he's a good friend of mine and he's a like-minded guy when it comes to musical taste. So I write a lot with him and um, just, a, I've written, I've written with people that have had some, some big, big time hit songs. And uh, it's just cool to be able to get in a room with people that have had that kind of success and yeah. see what you can come up with. Mm-hmm. So, what do you or which song of yours that you wrote for someone else has been like your most successful one you know i have that as a songwriter i've got a lot of cuts for a lot of independent artists and um you know i don't know how successful any of them truly get you know i'm not uh i don't know how much money i'm i'm getting or my old publishing company's getting for them but I, i mean i guess recently uh, James Robert Webb's an artist who who just put out a song called uh, Think About It and he released it to, ra- to radio and I think it got I think it got up to like 25 on the Billboard charts 
and pretty high on the music road chart. So that as far as a chart and single, that's done pretty well. Um, there's a, there's an independent guy from near me named uh, Scotty Ray Morton who cut a song I co-wrote called uh, Red Wine and Whiskey, and he's doing pretty well with that online. So I've got I got bukus of independent cuts, and uh, you know, nope. Nothing big, nothing major as of yet. So, you know, I'm still working on that, though. Well, I was I was looking at your store a couple of days ago, and I saw some of your merch. And can you explain what the possum trot is? Because you were selling a shirt that had that on there. Absolutely, yeah. So my old stomping ground, I'm from um, – I went to Cornsville High School, but I grew up in a little little area, like a stretch of stretch of land smaller than Venice. Nebraska. It's um, and it's just called Possum Trot. There's no stores. There used to be a Possum Trot grocery store, and it's still there, but it's been closed for, you know, probably 15 years or so. But it was a place I used to go at and uh, shoot pool and um, just hang out with old rednecks because it was the closest little store to where I lived, and um, you know as People ask me where I'm from, you know, I could tell them, oh, I'm an hour south of Nashville, or I could tell them I'm from Possum Trot, Tennessee, and that always perks their ears up a little bit, and they're like, what the hell did you just say? Yeah, I'm from Possum Trot, Tennessee, so I, um, people have laughed at me about that for years, so I decided to put it on a t-shirt and um, see if people would sport Possum Trot for me. Yeah, that's very cool. I was, I was very curious what that meant when I was looking at it. Um, well, I don't know if you remember a couple of days ago, we were tweeting at you because you were a little annoyed, fed up with girls always requesting some Morgan Wallen at your shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was wondering when, when you're out playing, do you have a, do you have a go-to cover song? Um, obviously I don't think it's Morgan Wallen. Well, you know, honestly, it's not the, I, I got nothing against Morgan Wallen. I, I think, um, to be completely honest, I think that new song, Seven Summers, is the catchiest pop country song I've ever heard. And I it might be the best written. You know, and I got there's some of his songs that I just can't stand. That's yeah. not one of them. I, I actually, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I like that song, and I think um, it's a decent. I think it's a. Hell, I think it's it's well. I don't know if it's country or not, but I just like it. But uh, but I just think it's funny that when I was tweeting that, it was more about all these people that have never heard of Jason Isbell coming up and requesting, yeah. not only wanting to hear Cover Me Up, but wanting to hear it by Morgan Waller. Yeah. Not Morgan Waller, Morgan Waller. It's like, not only did you disrespect Jason Isbell, but you disrespected Morgan Waller in the same breath right there. But I just thought it was hilarious. And, um, man, I, I do a lot of cover gigs because um, – to be honest, a lot of people don't know my original music yet, so I have to kind of sneak my original music in still. But um, I cover whatever I'm feeling that night, but just about every show I'm going to cover maybe some Dwight Yoakam. Or, okay. Uh, if I if they, if the crowd wants something more modern, I'll do John Pardee, who I'm a fan of. Yeah. But um, I get a lot of requests for Cody Jinks and oh, yeah. Tyler Children stuff too, so – Whatever the crowd's into, you know, I can, I can probably figure it out and try it for them. 
Yeah, um, I like well, you kind of backtrack a little bit. I mean, I, I get in arguments with a couple of my friends all the time because they're always talking to me saying that uh, Morgan Wallen's version of Cover Me Up is better, and I'm just I, I, I do not agree with that. Jason Isbell, he's he's awesome, dude. Yeah, I think it's just a case of them hearing his version first, probably. Yeah. And anytime you hear that song for the first time, it's going to hit you different. Mm -hmm. Because I remember my first time hearing that song and hearing Elephant and just thinking, oh, my God. You know, it just floored me. So I can't imagine. You know, it's hard to imagine anybody else doing those songs than Jason Isbell. But, uh, you know, if more people discover Jason Isbell and uh, discover – some good country music, good songwriting, because Morgan Waller, you know, put that song out. I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, when I first got into country, I was definitely not listening to the most traditional stuff, but I kind of went down a rabbit hole and found, found the good stuff. Oh, um, yeah. So I've noticed in some of your uh, promo pictures and stuff, you, you're always wearing roll cloth, and, like, I, I got a roll cloth shirt on right now, too. It, nice. Are you working on a sponsorship or are you sponsored by them or you just love their stuff? Well, both. Um, you know, they, 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 they popped up on my Instagram feed a few years ago and it just seemed like some cool, cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, they, they hit me up on Instagram about wanting to uh, send me some, send me some merchandise in exchange for, you know, uh, tagging them and, um, stuff like that and I said sure and um, they have some really cool trucker hats which I'm yeah. just about you know seven days a week I'm probably wearing some kind of trucker hat but they have they have really good you know they have really good um, quality clothing and um, kind of celebrates traditional country music and stuff like that a little bit too on some of their their shirts and stuff and so I'm all for it and their yeah. stuff just fits me well, so I, I, anything that's you know pretty cool and fits me well, I'll I'll sport them, especially if they send it to me. Yeah, well, yeah, I just thought it was kind of like when I, when you first messaged me, I was looking through your Twitter and I thought it was funny because I had just ordered some stuff from Rural Cloth and you were wearing that in your promo pics. I just I had to ask about that. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I'm a I'm a Rural Cloth fan. Well, um, I I know you're a. I was listening to some other interviews that you've had, and I know you mentioned in one of them you were a Bill Withers fan. Uh, I, I was. Have you ever thought about cutting the song "Grandma's Hand"? Have you ever heard that by him? I love that song. That is a. That's a that, really cool song. I've never covered it. Um, I did cover "Use Me Up" on my first record a while okay. back, but um, "Grandma's Hand" is one that I've never performed um, live. But I just love that clap and the, the mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time, every time I hear a black story, um, no diggity, you know, I hear that mm-hmm in the background and that sample that they use makes me think of Bill Withers every time. So, yeah, man, that was on my bucket list. Like, I wanted to, to be famous enough one day to be able to find out a way to meet Bill Withers because uh, he was just a badass. Like, he didn't, he didn't put out bad music and uh, – really soulful stuff yeah i i think if you were to cut that and maybe put like a little country twist on it that would be a damn good song i i, I strongly suggest that that'd be that would be awesome you cut that hey out. i might have to that's a good idea so 
we know that you came out with uh, the Joyce Jew pack number two earlier this year. Um, and then with all this, all the time because of COVID, are we going to be expecting any new music coming soon from you? Have you had time to like write or get in the studio at all? Yeah, actually, um, you know, when all this stuff kind of went down, I had a lot of my plans go out the window. So I just decided to, you know, put my nose on the grindstone and see, see what I could do and focus on what was in my control. So I started writing like crazy and um, been in the studio a couple times. And actually, you know, I've had, I've recorded some really good stuff, probably my favorite music that I've ever recorded in this last year. And um, really the music that fits me as an artist more than any music I've ever recorded. And I am going to put it out. I'm just, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that go into deciding what I'm going to put out and when. So I'm working on that now. But I can tell y'all that I am working on, I've got new music recorded and um, I think it's pretty damn good. I just, I've written, I've been on a roll writing songs this week. Actually, the last 24 hours I've written three songs and I like all three of them. So um, it's, it's been, it's been good, man. I've been trying to, um, trying to really just hone in on, you know, who I am as an artist and uh, the style of country music that I want to want to do because I get to really just choose what kind of songs I write and release now and it, it's never felt better man yeah so if you came out with a new album would you include uh pews and poles and astrovan on there or would you keep those separate from it well I think our goal when we release pews and poles and astrovan you know we just me and my my team, my manager and my producer, we, we, we put our heads together and we knew that I wasn't going to be touring and we knew that I wasn't going to be, uh, on the road in people's faces and all my, you know, monthly gigs out of town at certain places were all canceled. So, and we honestly, we didn't know if I'd be able to get back into the studio anytime soon or what that would look like. So we decided to, um, to release, pews and poles because we had recorded recorded it and um astro van was a song i had written a few weeks before the quarantine started and really we what you guys hear on spotify is the um the demo that that i recorded the day we wrote it the vocals everything it was like the one take deal it was all thrown together the day that you know we we came up the song but we decided that, you know, we needed, we needed something to get in people's faces and so no one forgets about us. And it was a crazy time, just like now is a crazy time too. So maybe, maybe putting out some music will be good for my fans and uh, make somebody's day and give somebody something to, to think about other than being locked down in quarantine with this crazy-ass pandemic we don't know anything about. So if I put out a new record, the songs that I've recorded, um, I'll say this, they're in the same kind of vein as Astro Vans and Pews and Poles, but they are very different. Um, I, I probably wouldn't put those two songs on on the new album, but um, 
So those, those, those will always be Georgie's number two, just for kind of a fun little thing we did for quarantine. But um, I tell you what, when I do get to put out new music, it's going to be very honky-tonk. It's going to be traditional country. Um, some of it is country enough to where, you know, I think the true traditionalists will appreciate it. But um, hopefully catchy enough and um, – written well enough that you know by some stroke of luck if it wound up on you know contemporary country radio that people that listen to john party or morgan wallen would also like shelby lee low you know yeah. so that's what i'm hoping okay so kind of changing gears here um kind of just a little off the wall question uh do you have a favorite uh western movie that you like to watch it's been a while since I've watched any movie, honestly. But um, True Grit was always – I mean, the original True Grit with Glenn Campbell and John Wayne, that's an awesome movie. Um, is it 310 to Yuma? Oh, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the newest one with, um, I think, Christian Bale, I think, was the lead actor in it. Um that was a really cool, really cool movie. So, and I guess, I don't know if it's considered a Western, a modern Western, but um, uh, no country for old men, you know? If you oh, yeah. if you wanted to call that one a Western, yeah. somehow, just the way it's kind of filmed and the style of it is kind of reminiscent of an old Western movie, and it's in West Texas. Um, that one's also a really cool, really cool movie. Yeah. Have you gotten around? Have you watched uh, any of uh, Yellowstone? No, everyone keeps telling me to. I know oh. they play really good music, and Kevin Costner's in it, so it's got to be good. But yeah, uh, I don't even know—is it on Amazon? I don't even know where to watch it. it it's uh, it's tough to it's tough to watch it. So uh, I bought the first two seasons off Amazon, but this third season's been on TV, so I've been recording it and stuff. But only way I could figure out to find it was I, I had to physically buy the seasons, so that was kind of. I didn't really like that, but it, it was worth it. It's such a good show. Yeah, I'd have to buy it because he bought it for me. So, Well, y'all just watch it sent to me, man. I'll let you know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they support all the good, like, independent guys in that show. They have uh, Cody Jinks, Whiskey Myers, Coulter Wall, a bunch of those guys. are, are Like, Whiskey Myers is actually in an episode, which is really cool. I heard about that. That is yeah. – um, that, that's really cool, man, you know, because there's not, there's not like a big radio station that's pushing this kind of, that kind of country music to the masses. So yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to find real good traditional country music or, you know, the stuff that Whiskey Myers does or any kind of anything that's not mainstream unless you go looking for it or you stumble across it on a TV show, you know, so... Man, I'm thankful for anybody like them that's helping out the scene and uh, folks like you guys that are passionate about it and doing podcasts about it. I think that's great. Appreciate it, man. Um, so your uh, your song, Don't Speak, I, that's probably one of my favorites by you. And it's, it's definitely a, a different sounding song. Were you nervous at all kind of putting that out as a single? Did that make you uh, just with how different it is? It did actually, you know, it really did. And, um, 
I'm sure you realize this, but you knew that was a cover song, right? No, I no, I guess I didn't. You didn't know that was a cover song. Uh -huh. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> uh, do you do you have any idea who would have cut that song first? No. I'll give you a hint. It was an alternative rock band, and it came out in the '90s, and it was a female lead singer. Yeah, I, I'm born. In, I was born in 2000. I don't. I have no idea. I got you. I got you, man. Hey, that's cool. Like, if people want to think I wrote that song, so be it. <laughs> but I, I can't take credit for it. Believe it or not, you know Gwen Stefani, right? Yeah. No doubt. That's a oh. that's a no doubt song, and um. So you know, talking to my producer. You know, in between in between albums, in between projects, we wanted to put out something, you know, just kind of out there, kind of different than than what I'd ever done before. And we started talking about cutting cover songs. It's like we know we could do an old country song, or we can make a a weird, you know, rock song that everybody knows and make it country and see what we can do with it. So now that you know it's a cover song, you need to check out No Doubt. Don't speak because okay. uh, it's a pretty badass song. That's one reason we we decided to try it. And uh, you know, I've had some people tell me it's like, man, it's just too weird hearing a man try to sing that song. So um, it was, you know, it was a it was a risky thing. We we just wanted to do something different and give it a shot. But the um, a lot of folks have really gotten into it, and the music video we made for it's kind of trippy, and uh, people seem to dig it too. So. Just getting on my weird side a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I thought it was. It's one of my favorites by you. I think it, it's what I like about it is how different it is. So I think I, it was probably a little nerve wracking to put it out there, but I think it it fits really well. Thank you, man. Yeah. So we were uh, kind of looking at your website earlier, and we noticed that you're on your website. You're supposed to have a show tonight at Flounder's Chowder House in. Uh, <laughs> Gulf Breeze, Florida. So yeah. we're, we're kind of wondering, uh, I'm, I'm taking a wild guess here that you aren't doing that show, but are you going to be doing any touring uh, kind of anytime soon or like in the Midwest at all? Yeah, you, you, uh, you would guess right, man. I guess I should probably delete that off my website, but um, <laughs> hopefully nobody, you know, was going to surprise me and like drive to Florida from some crazy location and come see me play. But, um, yeah, the coronavirus just kind of threw, threw that out the window. But um, plans to go to the Midwest, I don't have anything booked at the moment. But um, I'm always, you know, I honestly, I've had a blast playing in the Midwest. I've gotten to play, of course, Bucks. That's one of the coolest places I've ever played at. Yeah. Um, I felt at home at Bucks because it's just a little – you know, it's just a hole-in-the-wall little redneck country bar in the middle of nowhere, man. That's the places that I grew up playing at when I first started. But I've played college bars in Iowa, and I've played, uh, you know, Minnesota, and um, I've played all over the state of Iowa, and I've always had a good time. My only show in Nebraska so far was at Buck's Bar and Grill, so – I need to play there more often, yeah. but uh, I do have, if it does, you know, as long as everything goes as planned, I have kind of a little radio tour um, 
sort of like a, you know, socially distanced, very safe tour planned for Texas the second week of October. And I might be performing um, in the Fort Worth area. So I'm fingers crossed I'll get to go down to Texas for a little while and play. Well, since you're, since you're a football guy, we've got to talk about the Midwest. I got to know what's your, what's your opinion about big 10. <laughs> you know what? I think, um, you know, being an SEC country, of course, you know, we're, all the, all the SEC people are pretty opinionated when it comes to thinking SEC is so much better than everybody else. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I will say that the, the links that the, that the NFL and that the NBA and that the SEC and the ACC, that the links that they're going through to make sure that their players aren't only getting the virus but spreading it, they're probably less likely to get it yeah. than they would be if they weren't playing, and they're probably – going to be better taken care of than if they weren't playing. So I think, honestly, it's probably a good thing that those guys are in a bubble and being taken care of. It's just fewer people spreading this damn mess, you know? Yeah. I, I work for the Husker football team, so I was really bummed when they canceled the season. I was really looking forward to it. So I know everybody in Nebraska wants a season, it seems like. Oh, you know? Yeah, but then Howard Knocking just, on SEC's door, let us in, let us play. Desmond Howard just crucifies us on national TV and just for wanting to play football. So I, I'm not a big fan of that guy, but hopefully we get a, get a season in 2021. I hope, man. You know, maybe as soon as January, but I don't really get the point. Like, if you're going to be playing in January, you might as well play right now. How well, much you, difference is waiting until January going to make? You, you, can't, you can't expect these players to put – do two seasons in one year. It's just you can't do that to your body, especially these guys who aren't getting – they're not getting paid. These guys are trying to go pro. I just – I don't see how they could do that. It's a cluster, man. I don't know. Hey, that's above my pay grade. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shelby, I don't think we have anything I, else for you. Oh, you I got have one more question because um, it's something I just noticed. Um, I noticed – I know you mentioned them earlier, but I just saw the Mike in the Moon Pies hat. Um, that you're wearing. So, it, are you big fans of them then? Hell yeah, man. I'm a fanboy. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like y'all, man. I am I'm a country music nerd. And when I hear a band that makes country music the way that I think it should be made, you know, I'll stand on the hilltop and I will, yeah. I will prop those guys up as much as I prop my own music up. And uh, I think Mike and the Moon Pies are my favorite band right now. I, I got to see them play this year. And uh, that was cool. But, yeah, I love those guys. I, I, I've got a lot of uh, – I'm a big fan of a lot of country artists coming up nowadays, but they're they're one of the tops for me. So, big fan. Yeah. I would say I got introduced by Ben um, when we were on a trip to Grand Island to see Cody Jinks. First song he played for me was Steak Night at the Prairie Rose, and I just dove right into everything that they had after that. So – I, I am a huge fan of them as well. So, <laughs> steel guitar, man. The whole the whole production is just uh, right up my alley, you know. And uh, kind of it kind of reminds me of some of the music I've been writing and and producing for myself. And um, I love them, man. That, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, anytime I I find a, an artist that is making it that way, I'm gonna support them. They remind so, me of like a, a Texas. Almost like a Texas Midland, just with how polished they are. 
and they're they're heavy on the steel and everything. Oh yeah, man! That, and that Gary Stewart record. If you guys haven't listened to that Gary Stewart record, um, you know, "Heart of Home." That song is like those sad country songs that like hit you in the gut, um, <laughs> like Gary Stewart's known to do. You know, like "Empty Glass." Uh, they nailed it, man. You know, I can't, I can't praise those guys enough. Yeah, I would say that. That's what I was going to ask you was uh, what you thought of that album. Um, I'm right now waiting for it on vinyl. I'm still waiting to get it, and it's it. I love it. I love the song that they did with uh, the lead singer from Midland. Uh, they did touch or smooth shot, shot of whiskey. whiskey. Yep. Um, Beautiful that one, song. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a week before Ben and I were talking. Like it'd be so cool if Mike and the Moon Pies and uh, Midland did a collaboration, did a song together, and the next thing we know, like, oh, Midland's lead singer is doing a song with uh, Mike and the Moon Pies. It's like what the heck. <laughs> I think that's so cool, man. And Midland, you know, Midland has gotten some flack over the years for not being uh, authentic or whatever, you know, anybody's wanting to say. You know, I know they're all either like underwear models or, you know, videographers (laughs) in L.A., but you can't deny that the guys are writing some some good music and putting out some good country music. And, you know, the lead singer knows who Gary Stewart is. Um, He – He's got a good taste in country music, and he—I I love their stuff too, man. I've seen them play and enjoyed them a lot. You, you can—I I don't get why they catch flack because maybe they're not the most country dudes, but some of these guys who grew up in small towns and stuff—they're—they're they're the ones on the radios that are playing like snap track records and just ha- have their music created by a computer. And then Midland comes in here, maybe not the most country dudes, and they're—they're they're making classic country music. So I don't know why they get hated on for that at all. Yeah, I mean, being being a true country gentleman doesn't uh, doesn't mean you're going to put out. You know, you can you know shovel horse manure for a living and uh, live in Possum Trot, Tennessee, but it doesn't mean you're going to make good country music. Yeah. Well, Shelby, I don't think we have too much left. Uh, I know you got a guitar. If you want to play us out or something like that, that would be cool. Man, yeah, I was uh, I was going to see if y'all would let me do one. Oh, yeah. Y'all just make me a promise when I do put out my new music, which I don't know when it'll be, but it will be in the uh, the coming months, I will say. You guys uh, tell some folks for me and uh, oh, give it a good listen. Oh, we will we will shout it to the ends of the world if we can. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to you plug your social media right now, you can too. <laughs> well, you know I do. Uh <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you Google me, you'll find all kinds of stuff about me. But uh, Shelby like the Mustang. It's Lee like the Blue Jean, and Low like Low's Home Improvement. And I'm I'm on all that. And uh, of course, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music. This song is a brand new song that hasn't been released yet. And um, I don't know when I'm going to release it, but I promise you this: if somebody um, you know, if somebody like Cody Johnson doesn't cut it, I'll cut it. So awesome. this one's uh, inspired by uh, one of the greats, old George Strait. I could be king for a day. I'd be hanging out in Marina Del Rey. 
It's some old troubadours on an ocean front porch in the shade. Bring back the solid country gold. I'd put fiddle and steel on the radio. Yeah, if I know me, I get carried away. I'd have a saddle for a throne. Everywhere I'd go, there'd be nothing but blue, clear skies. Easy come, easy go, selling out every show. Just live one night at a time. Wish I could be king for a day, but there's only one George Strait. in the hole I'd make eight at the rodeo Oh, and you know I'd run into the morning sun Damn, Amarillo I'd have a saddle for a throne Everywhere I'd go There'd be nothing but blue Clear skies Easy come, easy go Selling out every show Just living one night at a time Wish I could be king for a day, but there's only one George Strait. I'd have a saddle for a throne. Everywhere I'd go, there'd be nothing but blue, clear skies. Easy come, easy go, telling out every show. Just live one night at a time. Wish I could be king for a day, but there's only one George Strait. Wish I could be king for a day, but there's only one George Strait. Hell yeah, man. You, you need to keep that song. Don't be giving that to anyone. That, that's All right. yours. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Have a good rest of your night. Thank you, guys. Y'all keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, that was Shelby Lee Lowe. Make sure you go listen to his music. As you can tell by that last song, he's a hell of a songwriter, hell of a musician. We can't say enough about him. He's a hell of a guy, and we were sure happy we were able to sit down and chat with him. So make sure you go support him. He's doing great things in the country music world. So... Thank you, Shelby, for coming on and check him out. He's a great guy. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to our podcast with Shelby Lee Lowe. Uh, make sure you check him out when you get the chance. He's a very talented artist, and we were really happy to sit down and talk to him today. And, yeah, uh, we wanted to give a shout-out to our good buddy, Zane Goldfish. You can follow him on Instagram at goldfish underscore hats. He um, started his own hat shaping business, and I sent my American straw hat over to him, and he reshaped it for me and it turned out really nice so go give him a follow he's doing some some big things over there uh, check check him out for sure especially if you've got a cowboy hat you can send it to him you just got a new steamer and he's doing good work thank you guys the outsiders the outsiders